when you write about your blog articles on your website, that is PR. When you publish on social media, that's PR. When you get on a podcast, that's PR. Everything serves PR because it's public perspective. It's not easy breaking into PR, particularly today when everything revolves around media. That's why it's more important than ever to stand out as a public relations professional. But what's the right way to do it? Welcome to the Design Rush podcast. Join us as we unravel the secrets behind successful brand building and impactful business stories. I'm your host, Bianca Mayer. With authenticity as her priority, today's guest has elevated the public relations industry by advocating for what she calls consciousness in the media making sure that clients get the most out of their PR experience. Please welcome to the show, the conscious publicist, Ashley Graham. So I'd like to start our interview off uh, by asking, how did you know, or when did you first know you wanted to pursue a career in PR? That is a really great question. And I always say that I did not really find the PR life. The PR life found me. I Love had that. initially started over, you know, 15 years or so just learning marketing, everything from the traditional marketing sense. And throughout my career, it was just a natural pivot and a natural evolution that happened in PR. But I am not surprised by that at all, because when we think about how the marketing landscape have changed, has changed over the last 10 or 15 years, everything really falls underneath the PR umbrella because it all comes around influence and, you know, promotion and visibility. Every single thing that we have in the digital space really kind of serves the PR umbrella these days. So I'm not surprised that I naturally kind of evolved into the PR space. Okay. Um, was there like, uh, when, let's actually just take it back a little bit further. Um, when did you start getting into marketing then? And what did the beginning of your career really look like? Yeah. So for marketing, I had my calling, if you will, to get into marketing when I was a senior in high school, I was kind of one of those students that really did not know really what it was that they wanted to pursue until I was introduced to marketing. And then everything really clicked into place from there. I had an incredible mentor who was a teacher at the time who just really saw how natural my personality fit with marketing. And I ended up joining an organization back in the day called DECA. And it was an organization specifically for marketing and business professionals. And I, again, really kind of found my groove there. And so when I was, you know, vetting different colleges, I naturally wanted to pursue a marketing program. And then once I graduated and kind of entered into the career space, my whole goal, my North Star was to essentially make sure that I was utilizing marketing in whatever you know, degree that I could use it because, you know, my personality and just my interests really lied in the marketing space. And I have to agree. I think uh, marketing as a whole has a lot to do with PR um, and how you represent yourself or your brand, um, you know, to the world, really. So, okay, can you tell us a little bit more about your journey as the founder of The Conscious Publicist? Um, what inspired you to create a brand an organization like TCP? 
Yeah. And I love how you just said TCP, you know, that's like my abbreviation for it. So the fact that that's starting to kind of take on a life of its own, I just love that so much. But to answer your question, so the Conscious Publicist is actually a second business entity for me. I had launched a previous business in the PR space to a degree, but it also incorporated content creation and branding. And again, that kind of full full service approach to all of the ins and outs of branding and PR in the the visibility sense. Mm -hmm. And I started that business in March of 2016. And naturally over, you know, that five, six year mark, I noticed that I had changed as a person through that process. The brand has changed. My approach to business has changed. And so when I launched The Conscious Publicist, it was basically a testimony of taking all that I had learned over the five or six years in the previous business and applied it in a way that I knew that the business could then grow beyond me. My business previously, again, was very kind of solo driven. I was the face of the brand. It was just myself working contract and if an entrepreneur has one purpose, it's to grow something that can really become more of a legacy based brand that impacts and serves others outside of their own influence and outside of their own sphere. So the conscious publicist was really to kind of fit that energy of really growing into, into an organization that can obviously be influenced by me as the founder, but it serves a bigger impact and serves a bigger purpose than just me being an entrepreneur wanting to make a difference in the space. Oh, I love that. That, that really is um, actually super inspiring. I, I think the way you just put that is so beautiful. Um, and definitely your passion shines through through that. Um, so, okay, were there any initial challenges that you faced uh, when you first started The Conscious Publicist? And how did you manage to overcome these? I would say the biggest challenge so far, just because the the formation of the brand really took place in uh, February of 2022. It was a, a brand and a name that I had been ideating for a couple of years and kind of sitting with to make sure that I wanted to make that pivot. And so the biggest challenge, again, was almost kind of personal hurdles of not wanting to make the same mistakes of rushing into the process like I had did with the business previously. And so there was naturally a lot of patience that I had to sit with to, again, not rush into things, not just get a website up because I needed to have a digital presence. I really waited for the right time and the right partners that I can bring in to the creation part of the process with me to make sure that again, it was done the right way and not just something that I was creating based off of urgency. So I would say that was one of the bigger challenges. And right now, kind of the challenge that I'm experiences experiencing at the moment is just again kind of fine-tuning a lot of the messaging fine-tuning our offer suite to really again bring into that legacy component of serving clients and serving the community in a different way than what was done previously so again I'm naturally having to kind of fight with the patients um, just making sure that all of that is tailored and curated in the way that is going to make the most impact and just allowing the pause period to kind of take form right now just waiting again until the the right time I think a lot of us try to like jump into things uh and we try to make it all work so quickly and we just want to hit the ground running 
But I think there is something to be said for allowing things to sort of just settle. And as I said, grow roots, you know, um, and having patience, like you said as well, you know, and letting things form the way that they naturally need to. Um, I mean, do you think that in that sense, you kind of get a much clearer view of where the business is actually going and what you need to maybe fine tune and change? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the the pause or what I've been almost calling like an incubation period. Cause that almost is kind of how it feels. Like I feel that me as a leader, I'm going through this incubation process of like, okay, well, you know, once that this brand is fully activated and it's fully out in the world, then what are like the next steps? What are the things that I need to do to be a little bit more of a strategic leader, to be a more of a strategic partner to clients or those who I want to work with. And I'm just allowing myself to really kind of sit with that because I am a very trusting person and you'll often hear me bring that conscious language that you know what's meant to find you will always find you and I'm really leaning into that own personal testimony that I always promote I'm leaning into that for myself that it's like when it's when it's time it'll all come together as long as I'm being proactive about the things that I want to initiate um, was there something or a few things that specifically you wish you had done differently back then? One of the biggest things that comes to mind, there was actually a couple. One of the biggest things is, again, it's, it's more from like um, an internal perspective of like having the confidence and the permission that, you know, you can really step into different roles and different identities if you just give yourself the permission to. So if I could go back and rewrite history, I would almost bring the level of confidence and clarity that ha that I have now to those early stages. But another thing that comes to mind is almost I wish I would have, and I guess they kind of correlate, but it's more of like having the self-value component as well and understanding worth and the value that's being brought. I think you know, a lot of people in those early stages do struggle with valuing themselves and really you know, pricing themselves based off of the worth and their value that they're bringing. And so that was one of the challenges that I had in the beginning was almost undervaluing, you know, the value and the support that is being offered through the work. In saying that though, like what kind of advice do you have for people maybe just starting out? Like, were there any specific steps that you took uh, to build up that con confidence and um, like sort of uh, valuing your more on the work that you know that you're capable of doing i'd say the biggest shifter for me and i actually talked about this in the interview with design rush that was published a couple weeks ago but there's so much value that we can get from mentors and those that are in our communities if we just take the time and have the confidence to reach out to them for support. So luckily from the early stages up until now, I have naturally always attracted incredible mentors. And I've also found mentors through my clients as well, who have always been really able to give me some really good feedback into, you know, not only successes of what we've seen together, but just how I can, you know, position myself in a different light, how I can put myself out there in a more strategic way. 
mentors and finding mentors bring an immense amount of value because it's allowing yourself to get out of a, a perspective that you can almost pigeonhole yourself in and getting new clarity and different perspective on how other people are viewing you and how they're viewing the business because they might have different insights and different views than you have. And it's always good to be open, you know, to different perspectives. So I will always say like lean on mentors and try to find community or mentorship communities and like membership groups and things like that, where you can get really good mentors and get insights from mentors. That's amazing. So do you have any specific like communities that you're, you've joined in the past that, that have helped you with that? Yeah, I mean, I'm on a number of different community newsletters. Um, I could honestly send you a list of them. I just have to go through my inbox. Um, but a couple of um, community memberships that come to mind, and I actually was on a LinkedIn Live with this community yesterday, but the ladies get paid. Um, they're an online platform all around, again, women owning their worth in the career space and getting paid for their worth and their value. So I really always align with their messaging. I found a lot of, you know, just really good resources through their online platform, again, from the courageous and inspirational component. But there's a number of leaders and mentors that they've highlighted through their marketing as well that you get a lot of value from. And uh, Females Founder, Female Founders Collective is another organization that comes to mind. Again, I really love their positioning, positioning, and they have just a number of resources out there that you can just get all of the wisdom that they share. Um, so, okay, as a PR practitioner, what would you say are the key characteristics one needs to become a pro at PR? I mean, are these things, and also are these things easily picked up? Like can someone just learn those if they don't necessarily have them, like home in on them? I see the answer to this question in two different um, levels. I believe that there are a level of interpersonal skills that kind of come to the table when somebody is stepping into the role of a publicist or being a PR practitioner or just anybody that's like public facing. You know, having a personality that leads with connection can serve you in so many different ways in a role like this or any other role, really. And so the one biggest component, I think, of PR specifically is you'll always hear it's all about relationships. And so, again, if you per if you perceive, you know, those skills of just wanting to connect and build relationships that can get you very far. But then on the other tail end of that, it's more of the actual Kind of like tangible skill sets and so i think another component of what makes somebody really good in pr is bringing that connection from the interpersonal skills and knowing how to connect that in a very written based format and so and again pr you're working with news cycles you're working with stories and just knowing how to bring the level of connectivity to those stories speaks immensely for someone's skill set in this role Let's talk a little bit more about the conscious publicist. Um, what is your process of helping your clients discover their conscious inner voice, um, particularly for those that don't feel like they have a story to tell? So number one, I actually talk about this in the Conscious Publicist podcast a lot. So there's like three underlying tones to the podcast and the messages that are being shared. There's 
self-mastery, voice activation, and the conscious voice. And so when we talk about that inner voice, that's what I perceive as the conscious voice. And it, I also kind of call this the leadership voice as well. You'll, you hear this in the past that we all have this inner critic voice or this inner roommate that wants to keep us in our comfort zone. Well, the conscious voice is not that voice. The conscious voice is the voice that wants you to thrive in your life. It wants you to step into the roles that make you feel uncomfortable because it's going to serve a bigger impact and really change your personal fulfillment in your life, whether that is career or just personally as a human being. But self-mastery and voice activation is almost kind of the process of what gets you to really understand how that conscious voice works and what it's trying to tell you. And so if I'm going to put this over to the thought leadership perspective, because the conscious publicist works primarily in thought, le thought leadership PR, self-mastery is basically the, the understanding of how we evolve as people can, can make for an incredible story to share in the media's perspective. So that is kind of the first answer to that. But then on the tail end, say for instance, I've worked with a client and they've already gone through a very kind of honed in uh, self-mastery process and they understand what their voice is, but they need to know how to package it up and articulate it when it comes to PR and media. This is where our methodology really comes into play. And we have this ideation to transformation process where we go from an ideation phase, a creation phase, an implementation phase, and then the transformation phase. So within the ideation phase, I basically take on an, an ideation coach role where I really work with the client to understand almost their past, present, and future of what got them to this first initial connection with me. And some of the questions and how I kind of you know, filter the information with my clients can go in a number of different uh, directions. It's really unique to the client and their history and their background. But it's just simple questions of asking, you know, why do you want to serve? Why do you want to impact? What led you to this role? What's your big picture vision? What are some of your smaller visions that we can maybe bring to life in six months to a year? And then what's kind of like your 10 year plan? And then moving through the, the methodology, we go into the creation where I basically take all of this information that I've gotten from them in the ideation process and really understand, you know, angles, how that's going to match with, you know, their ideal audience, how it's going to match with their ideal, you know, media profiles and where they want to show up. And then we just kind of continue throughout the process of you know, putting it out into the world, seeing how it sticks, what conversations we're able to pick up, and then the transformation that comes from that of where they've gotten now visibility and how they can really nurture the audience perspective of what they've been able to attract through the PR and the media initiatives that we're a part of. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, this very deep holistic approach that you have to PR um, where does that stem from? Because it's incredible. I've never actually heard someone talk about PR the way that you do. Um, and I'm just wondering where, where did that start for you? Yeah. So I am, I'm a very conscious person. Um, I almost have kind of walked myself through that process a number of different ways. You know, when I had initially started my first business back in March of 2016, when I got invited to be on a podcast for the first time, I went through all of the emotions. I was like, do I do this? Do I even want to show up? 
you know? And I think that that's really natural for someone to feel. I felt, I'm like, well, who am I to be on a podcast? I'm just starting off. I don't have, you know, this years of experience of being an entrepreneur and I'm still figuring it out. And so I've, I've understood what that process is of somebody who kind of gets stuck in the fear or the imposter syndrome that comes with that. And that has literally changed me. That whole just experience has evolved more and more over the seven plus years, you know, that I've kind of been in this role and I've really led into this conscious self-awareness of me and the modalities that I have naturally attracted and how I've grown from a conscious perspective since then. And when I was again, wanting to make the transition from the previous business into the conscious publicist, I needed to make sure, or I didn't need to make sure, but one of the things that I really wanted to connect was, you know, this personal evolution needed to basically match the business transformation of what I wanted to evolve into. So when the name, the conscious publicist came into play, it was like, well, I do believe that there is a level of consciousness in the digital space. When we think about, you know, just life in general, the digital space is just a medium to bring all of that together. It's the way that we are now, you know, more familiar with connecting with people. And there's a level of consciousness with that of like, again, when it comes to connection and knowing where you want to show up and why you want to show up. So again, my personal life and the business life needed to match. And so ultimately that was where it, where it intersected for me. When would you say that you really was like the aha moment for you with that? <laughs> um, let's see. I don't know if I necessarily have like the biggest aha period, but one of the examples that I think really speaks to that statement is when we think about the global pandemic, you know, I never thought that I would be an entrepreneur and experience a global pandemic in my life. Like never, nobody sits down and thinks like, okay, I'm going to think about my five, 10 year plan as a business owner. And how would I, you know, assess a risk of, uh, of that scale. But, you know, when we were, you know, in our homes, the only means that we were able to connect was the digital space. It was through social media. It was through, you know, soaking up news of information that we needed from reputable outlets and news platforms that were able to bring us information. And so I think that was, again, one of the more aha moments recently that it was like, well, you know, if we're so integrated into this digital space, there needs to be a level of intentionality that comes with that. And I just believe that it's, it's part of my responsibility and part of my role to make sure that there is a conscious component, at least within my sphere of influence and what I can, you know, curate on behalf of myself or clients. Um, this sounds like there's quite a bit of human psychology involved as well. So you must be like excellent at reading and understanding people. Um, but I'm wondering, though, do you think that it's possible for people to develop a, a characteristic or a skill like that, that deep like way to connect with people? Absolutely. And this actually is a good segue. I just launched a mini series on the podcast yeah. um, all around self-mastery. And two of the episodes that are coming out soon is talking about a self-mastery blueprint. And some of the, the takeaways from that blueprint really speak to just the conscious relationship part of that process. And just to kind of throw off a couple of 
points from the blueprint. I mean, the first and foremost is self-awareness, like understanding who you are in different environments, how you respond in different environments, how you behave around different people or behave in different experiences and different circumstances and understanding your natural evolutions through that process and getting really clear on you know how you how you shift depending on the environment that you're in and then some of the other parts of the blueprint are you know utilizing mm, almost kind of like meditation and journaling to kind of capture your different experiences that are written in your voice that are written from your understanding and your perspective and i do speak you know in a little side point that if you are a thought leader this is where someone can get really good insight into how to shape their story is understanding themselves and how they have adapted in the roles that they've have been in and how to turn that into a story, how to turn that into guidance materials, you know, from the PR or marketing perspective. But some of the other parts of the blueprint is almost kind of understanding how to take emotion out of the equation. Cause sometimes when emotion becomes a part of the equation, it can cause you to be a little bit more resistant or a little bit closed off, but our emotions can really teach us a lot about ourselves and how we can continue to show up in the ways that we're looking to, uh, to show up. And so I don't always necessarily put that into the process with the client, but when I'm thinking about the podcast, this is almost a platform that I am able to talk about some of those interpersonal parts of the thought leadership journey, but it really can apply to really anybody who is just looking to become a happier, more conscious and more fulfilled person, because who doesn't really want that at the end of the day? On another note though, which is kind of related, I read that you use your skills and expertise to advocate for a more conscious and mindful approach to PR. So can you elaborate on that a little bit, like such as the skills and experiences you're referring to, or the more spiritual aspect of being more conscious and mindful in PR? Yeah. Again, I'm always going to like refer to the podcast because the podcast is almost becoming my own thought leadership vertical right now that is solely curated from me and my perspective. I have never really given myself the permission or the confidence to show up in this way. And every single episode is curated to really serve a, a true purpose at the end of the day from regardless of you know, whatever someone's moving through in their life when they are introduced to the podcast. And I always like recommend to start from the beginning up until the end. Um, it all connects. But when I think about that tagline that I have, which is basically advocating for a more conscious human experience through PR and media, the podcast is a manifestation of that because again, the materials and the messages that are shared is really speaking from a little bit of personal experience, but how someone can become more of a conscious person in PR or media and talk about the messages that matter in a way that it really builds a connection for someone else. And at the end of the day, it's when we are feeling fully connected with ourselves that we can truly put that outwards for other people. And so the podcasts and the messages and the stories that are shared really serves that purpose. It's to activate someone to feel so connected and so uplifted with themselves to, again, almost then advocate for the things that they want to advocate for. And I'm just the catalyst to help them feel activated to do so, which again, that, that fits into the tagline. I am advocating for a more conscious human experience through my own media, 
that then activates someone else to pay it forward. I always think that it's a ripple effect. You drop, you know, a, a water, a droplet into a lake and it just continues to expand from there. That's, yeah. that's really where a lot of that stems from. I absolutely love that. I really do. I love that you said that it's a manifestation of everything that you're doing right now and how far you've come and all of that. So, okay, based on your experience, um, what are some of the most common misconceptions you see clients making and how do you address these? When we're thinking about PR, uh, one of the common one of the common maybe limiting beliefs about PR is that it's something that you can pursue for a short period of time and have lasting results. Depending on exactly how you nurture your PR proposition and your media relations component into your marketing, it can have lasting impact. But PR is not a sprint. It's something that should be perceived as a long going, ever evolving marathon. The more consistent that you are with PR, the more that you're showing up consistently, the more that it is going to filter into your digital print blueprint to have lasting transformation for a brand to have the visibility that it is that they desire. So I often see that clients are looking, oh, well, I just want to beta test, you know, this campaign for three months. You can have some successes with that, but it's basically a, uh, a quick burning candle. It will phase out, it will dim out, and you'll need to go and get another candle at some point to have that re-spark of, you know, the initiative of what you're wanting to take with it. So I always recommend, you know, even if I'm working with a client or not working with a client, I always say in discovery calls, like really think about, you know, your proposition from the PR and media perspective in the long haul think about how you want to nurture it this year maybe a couple years down the road it is something that always should be top of mind 100 percent. i think it kind of ties back into that thing we were talking about patience you yep. know and um really focusing on what it is that you really want and kind of seeing again how your journey can look like when you're just patient and you see how it goes and you kind of just keep um keep mining it i guess right like that's probably the best way forward with these kinds of things. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll say a little kind of tie into that because you just said something in the perfect way. Another sure. thing that I always recommend is like not always getting stuck in just one way of doing PR or media. I always say that it's better to approach it with a collaborative mindset and allowing things to naturally take form. You know, everyone's always like, oh, I want to be featured in X, Y, and Z, and those are my only platforms. But it's like, no, there are so many incredible collaboration opportunities out there. If you just like are open to, you know, having the conversation with whoever it is that wants to bring you into that opportunity, it can have lasting impact. You get a lot of clarity in your messaging with some of the, the smaller, more collaborative opportunities, and it just helps continue to build you know, your clarity in that. So I always recommend, you know, staying collaborative and just being open to different avenues to pursue because it, it doesn't hurt at the end of the day. It brings more clarity and it brings more content for you, which is exactly. always good. I mean, just also to add to that again, um, I mean, there's been a few founders that I've spoken to and worked with. And, you know, one thing that I find is very consistent in these types of conversations is that you need to allow flexibility of where your business can really go right or your brand can go 
Um, it might look some way when you first start out, but then it kind of takes on a life of its own and it takes you on this other incredible journey if you're open to it, you know? It's kind of like that thing of rolling with the punches at the end of the day and seeing how to navigate that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think if you do that, it could be really beautiful and um, something that's, that's really tangible and more amazing than what you initially thought it could be. Yep. And you make incredible relationships through that as well. So um, I'm not sure if you know, but Design Rush hosts a complete directory of public relations firms around the globe. Um, what would you say are some of the major benefits of outsourcing a PR agency, particularly in a client's initial phase of starting a brand or business? One of the biggest components about outsourcing PR specifically is if you find the right support for you, you know that it is being managed and it's something that you do not have to think about. I understand from a founder's perspective that most founders who want to really kind of look at their whole marketing mix um, from a holistic blueprint perspective, they understand that they really need to be doing a lot of those things. And so being able to energetically, mentally, emotionally pass something off to someone else to where it frees up that mental capacity in their mind. I know that there is a lot of value that comes from that. It's just something that they don't have to think about. And again, they know that the right support is going to be managing and, you know, bringing that to life to where they don't have to worry about it. That is a lot of value. But again, speaking on some of the other parts that we've talked about, you know, it does open them up to new potential relationships that they did not have before. And so that's one of the specialties of a publicist or a PR, you know, practitioner or a PR agency is they do have new connections, even their own clients that can serve other clients. And they have media contacts that can support the story to bring the visibility for the client as well. I think there also is just a level of knowledge and expertise that other publicists and PR perspectives or PR practitioners bring to the table that a lot of founders aren't thinking about. And so this is where a publicist brain is really analyzing an entire digital footprint on behalf of the client and seeing what's working, seeing what's connecting, and then also assessing what's not working and then having to go into a plan on how to basically fix the things that aren't working and find the things that do. Do you find that it would be beneficial to start off with a PR practitioner? Uh, like as a small business or you know a startup it really could go either or you know if a small business I understand that small businesses do need to bootstrap I've, I know that all too well is bootstrapping having the the budget necessarily to outsource is a big component so I'd say that if a small business does have those resources to be able to outsource, then absolutely it's better to start early on than being a little farther ahead and then having to backtrack. Um, but there also are a lot of resources out there to where small businesses can at least get their, their feet wet of understanding PR. And this is where I think social media, at least having a social media presence and starting to be a little bit more consistent with advertising or not necessarily advertising, but promoting on social media, it kind of gives them under an understanding of how the PR, um, messaging and the PR tone is integrated because social media and PR do kind of go hand in hand. So 
Yeah, it, it really could go either way, depending on the, the needs and the capabilities and the resources that small businesses have to either outsource or at least kind of beta testing it on their own. Sure. Yeah. So, okay. Part of your role is advocating for consciousness in the media. Is that something that you find is lacking in today's media culture and what can be done to change that? One of the things from the media's perspective that does kind of um, kind of put a thorn in my back a little bit, I think that's the appropriate <laughs> saying there is, you know, sometimes local media can be a little bit too clickbaity. Um, it's something that I've seen in, you know, different cities that I've lived in that a lot of times, even in newsletters or social media, it tends to be a little bit negative. You don't always hear a lot of the more community oriented initiatives that are being taken place. You have to filter, 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 filter through a lot of negative, you know, media around what's going around in the community. And that I don't always agree with. I believe that in order to bring more happiness in communities and to bring more of that conscious perspective, the positive things that are happening should be the first thing that you see in any newsletter, on any social media, on any campaign, that should be the more predominant media that is published because it really changes the dynamic and just the livelihood of the people who are soaking it up. I don't necessarily always believe in the fear-driven, you know, media. I will never subscribe to that. Um, and I think that with the right conscious approach or having somebody who can understand just the emotional uh, ca capacity of their audience and how that can affect them, if somebody can bring their perspective to the table and understanding how they can start working with more conscious marketing and how that could really impact them that long term. It just kind of serves everybody, both the audience and the outlet, uh, specifically with that connection. It's almost kind of like a sensitive topic. I've never actually really shared that perspective. But again, if I'm talking from, you know, conscious perspective, I do see that some of the outlets could approach consciousness a little bit differently and how they can serve through the materials that they are putting on their platforms. Yeah, I mean, 100%, of course, it is a bit of a sensitive uh, topic, but I think it's still an important one to talk about, you know, especially when it comes to the clickbaity stuff. Um, you know, I think especially people in the media have a responsibility to be providing something of value to their users or readers, you know, at the end of the day. So I do think it's an important conversation and I think we should keep talking about it <laughs> until we get better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, okay, in your opinion, um, how has the PR industry changed in the past decade and what can uh, PR professionals do to keep up with the changes while maintaining an authentic approach? Yeah. PR has rapidly changed, at least from my introduction back when I was studying marketing. You know, a lot of traditional marketing or traditional PR was very much more of um, traditional media. It was TV, it was radio, it was, you know, print advertisements, radio ads. A lot of that, again, was more traditional marketing, but it had that PR component to it. And how it's evolved is, again, as I mentioned in the beginning, everything almost falls underneath this PR, this PR map, this PR uh, perspective. 
or we think about, you know, affiliate marketing, or we think about um, just influencer marketing, social media, we think about, you know, contributing articles, all of these different ways of doing media, they all serve a visibility and influence component in the, the way that it's structured. And so that I think is ultimately how it's changed so much is PR is almost more accessible now than it was a decade or so ago. It's almost more accessible and a lot of things that people don't think about is everything that you do is PR. When you write about your blog articles on your website, that is PR. When you publish on social media, that's PR. When you get on a podcast, that's PR. Everything serves PR because it's public perspective. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's what PR stands for. It's public relations. Anything that is public facing serves PR for the business or the individual who is publishing things in the digital space or even off the digital space. Yeah, exactly. So um, TCP launched its PR VIP intensive sessions fairly recently, I mean, in the last few months. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that and how has it been going since the initial launch? <laughs> Have you got any success stories that you can dish on since? Oh, you're going to be so surprised with this answer. So they actually ended up not launching just yet <laughs> so when we talk excited. about that pause and when we talk about the pause and waiting for the perfect time we're actually at the tail end of the process i'm working with an incredible strategist right now who is making sure that the client experience for those vip days is seamless across the board we're just making sure that everything really is perfected and so there's been a little bit of a delay with the launch of those, but we are so close. So close. Um, as a thought leader in your P in the PR industry, um, what advice do you have for aspiring PR professionals who want to make a positive impact through storytelling? The biggest piece of advice that I have again is more from the conscious perspective that and almost kind of touching upon some of the things that have already been mentioned so if you're looking to start into PR or looking to start you know as a publicist and understanding the ins and outs seek mentors seek mentors who have the perspective or the understanding the wisdom and the knowledge that you're hoping to gain and reach out to them to see if they'd be open to a connection with you again there's a lot of value that comes out of mentorship and the right mentor would not flinch at the opportunity to be able to mentor and guide based off of their resources and based off their expertise and their knowledge. I am definitely one of those mentors. I bring again all of that resources to the podcast because I want everyone to have, you know, the understanding and the perspective of what I've been able to see through this process. But then secondary to that is again, kind of what I mentioned earlier that, you know, even if you do not feel that your resume has all of the, the background to, for you to step into that role, that does not need to, that should not hinder you from stepping into a new role. If you feel passionate about something, if you feel activated, activated by something, just find the confidence that you can to, again, just continue to moving forward in the path that really lights you up. Um, our inner confidence and our inner conscious voice can really lead us down incredible paths if we just take the time to listen to it. And again, I know that that's not always like structured by the book advice, but at the end of the day, if you have a thought and you have this 
connection to pursue something, that connection came to you for, for a reason. It's not something to take lightly. Exactly. Yeah. But it, that's, that's really, really good advice. I think people should never be afraid to step out of their comfort zone, to take that leap into something else if they're interested in doing that. Um, yeah, I really love that. So finally, Ashley, was there anything that you wanted to talk about or that I didn't ask that you would like to talk about before we close off our podcast for today? No, actually, I I just wanted to say that I loved all of your questions that you asked in this. Like in order to get like my brain and my wheels turning, that is why I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, maybe I need to start thinking about talking about this more. <laughs> like I love somebody kind of striking a chord to like, oh, okay, I need to start thinking what advice would I give here? So your questions were incredible. The only thing that I think I would include is again, more from, you know, the resources perspective. I've talked about the podcast a lot. So if anybody's interested in following along, there's so much shared there, but from the actual PR strategy perspective, if you go over to our website, theconsciouspublicist.com to our exclusives page, I have a number of different articles that talks about how to understand your PR strategy, how to get the maximum results from your PR efforts. And I've only scratched the surface with, with the content that's coming on there. It's just, it's growing and growing by the day. So if anybody is just, again, looking for more resources, just go over to our exclusives page and you'll, you'll find a lot of value there. Amazing. I think that's going to be super valuable for a lot of our listeners. Um, to go and check that out absolutely they have to go and check that out um ashley thank you so much again for joining us today this has been an enlightening conversation and it was really really good to hear your thoughts um and very unique um approach to pr which i think is really great i, I wish more people were thinking about it in the way that you do um so yeah thank you so much for making the time to speak to us today really of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. Oh, wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day and yeah, we'll hopefully stay connected. Sounds good. All right. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap. If you're looking for a public relations agency for your project, we're here to help. Visit designrush.com marketplace. Our marketplace offers a curated selection of agencies that can provide the solutions you need to turn your dream project into a reality. Again, I'm your host, Bianca Mayer. Stay curious and join us for the next episode.